0: Hey, it's so great to see you today. If you've been with us, uh, you know this. We're going to be in the book of Galatians, ultimately. We've got a lot of guests today. We're so glad that you're here. Love the fact that the Raiders are here with us. Uh, football team just celebrating Jackson's baptism. So awesome. What a privilege to, uh, to do that. Baptizing my brother, my friend, uh, today. So, hey, you've already heard uh, from Rodney. So much is happening in these days. And I just want to encourage you, if you've not uh, gotten involved, not just in ministry. There's all kinds of opportunities. Um, uh, but to come and join us in our, in our, uh, weekday ministries here throughout the week and Wednesday nights have kicked off. We're having a great time. You can come join us for, for dinner. Uh, since I've got the mic, I'll say it, uh, come join my apologetic class that I'm doing, uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, you can come and dive in. It's in the fellowship hall. We've got choirs, children's choirs, all the great things, marriage core. We've got lots of classes. Uh, Just make make note of that. You can find it on our website. And we would love for you to come join us. Hey, just as there are uh, natural laws that govern the natural universe, there are physical laws that that govern our relationship with God. Now, you don't have to be a theist. Uh, You don't have to be a Christian to understand this. Or I say that. That there are natural laws that you cannot break. But very few people actually then make the connection in the spiritual realm. And we're going to talk about this Today, we all know that there are certain laws that come into play, whether you realize it or not. I mean, like every football player here knows, I think it's the third law of motion, uh, Newtonian laws of of physics. I saw it happen today. I was on Northwest Highway early this morning and uh, there was a car wreck. Beautiful car. Bam! Just slammed into another car and it was, it was like messed up. And there's something about velocity, all the things, right? The faster you're going, the immovable object, all of those things come into play. They're laws. We know this. Uh, Whether it's the law of gravity, something, cause and effect, just Aristotle's law of cause and effect. If it's um, laws of thermodynamics, all all the things. um, You may not believe in these laws. There's nothing you can do about it. Like I may claim I don't believe in gravity. If I go up to the top of the steeple, sorry, jump off, I'll experience the reality of it pretty quick, right? Um, we, we, we don't mess around with those laws. Uh, I, I saw a bumper sticker that said, uh, it said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Two things, one, um, God said it, that settles it. Like it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, right? I mean, it does for you, but it's true. If that, because true by nature, if it's true, then it's always true. Now, the other part of that, of course, is no correct interpretation of the Bible matters. And it's your interpretation you might agree with, which is why it's so important that we delve and dive deeply into God's word. But there's so many parallels between natural laws and physical laws. I wonder if you have actually made the connection. And we're going to look at one of them today. I want you to turn to Galatians 6. We're going to be in verses 7 and 10, but I'm going to warn you, today's a little different. Yes, expository preaching, but we're going to be launching off into the Old Testament. Because I want you to see a principle that's at work, and we'll see in the New Testament. I'll reference some verses, show some of them, not all of them. You can listen in on some of the points I want us to make. uh, Because what we're going to see is this concept of, here it is, sowing and reaping. It's a natural law, it's a spiritual law, and today we're gonna do what you might call um, an excursus. If you're reading through, say, a commentary, reading through a book, um, an excursus is a, it's almost like a diversion, but it's a, it's called, it's a digression. It comes from a Latin word that means digress. Now, we often think that's that's a negative term, like, sorry, I digress, I was chasing a rabbit. Instead, what this is, is looking deeper, diving deeper into a certain concept. It's like an appendix. Uh, in a book and that's what we're going to do today we've talked about sowing and reaping a little bit we're going to dive deep and it's going to impact every single one of us how we live our lives matter matters paul has been saying up till chapter five he's been saying hey we're saved by faith in what christ has done for us not anything we do not a result of our works and so think about this wouldn't that then make you think well okay wait and we've all done this we've all done this saved by grace Uh, by God. He he loves me. He's going to love me. It's set. I'm done. I can can get off course a little bit. I mean, got a little license because I got grace coming my way and Jesus covered all of it. And so we're prone to think I can live any way I want to. That's freedom. And we all tend to run back to that. And Paul says, this is what he's doing here. No, 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 no. Let's don't go there. In fact, let me do a little teaching on that, and that's what he's doing here. Look at verse seven. "Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Listen. You cannot fool God. He will have the last word. Don't think you can deceive God. For whatever one sows that, he will also reap. Will he also reap. He's saying, you're, "You'll deceive yourself if you think this is not true." Verse eight. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. He's been saying there are two ways to live. You can live according to the flesh. You can live according to the Spirit. And look at this. that reaps eternal life. The word is zoe. Don't miss this. Not simply eternal in time, like infinite in time, but eternal, abundant in its blessing. That's what this means. Here and now, okay? There's three ways that sowing and reaping shows up that I want to look at. Now there's a sub point under my first point, and we'll get there. The first one, if you take notes on sermons, and you can do so uh even here, that's provided for you. But but check this out. The first thing I think we all, this is base level. We get what we deserve. Now think about this: we get what we deserve. This is a basic principle he's already laid out. Now we would call this justice you know, in in biblical terms, what is just and what is right. This shows up in, in place and in proportion. Here's what I mean. It shows up in the plate, whatever you put into something in the place of that, it'll come back to you in like kind in proportion. And that's our sub point here. We'll get to, uh, how much you put into it is what you'll get back. Now you may not know, we all understand this. You may not know that this goes all the way back to a natural law. And because your pastor knows everything there is to know about agriculture, I'm gonna drop some science on you. Okay, right here. Genesis chapter one, verse 11 says this. God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on earth. Now, Raiders, what grade are you guys in? Fifth, fourth grade, most of y'all in fourth grade. So um, let me just, I'm going to teach y'all some things here. Listen up. It goes like this. Here's what it says. According to its kind, a seed, according to its kind, the, 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 the fruit is going to produce seed according to its kind. You plant an apple seed in the ground, what's likely to come up? Somebody tell me. An apple tree, not just a tree, right? You plant an orange seed in the ground, what's going to come up? Orange seed. You will never plant a watermelon seed in the ground and watch a pine tree come up. Not gonna happen. In fact, if it did happen, we'd say that's a freak of nature, or we, we would, that's a miracle is what we would say, right? This natural law plays out every time, every single time. And it goes beyond the physical and the procreation. It goes into our daily lives too. We all know this. Hard work reaps benefit. The harder you work, there's the, there's the principle of proportion. The more you're going to get back. Now, some of us are going to say, um, in financial investments, we're not reaping the kind of gains we want to, to reap right now. Understand, again, the Raiders won the game yesterday, probably because you guys practiced hard, you've been working hard. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Uh, but, but here's what happens here. He's saying that works of the flesh are one way to live. And what happens, do you see it there in chapter five? Uh, uh, you have your Bible open there, 19 through 20. He's already explained what this looks like. And it looks like a train wreck. Like you keep, you keep sowing into sin, the works of the flesh, the things of the flesh, you're gonna get twisted and, and, and out of focus and your, your heart's gonna turn in on itself. It's gonna collapse in on itself and it looks crazy. And we all do this in varying degrees. On the other hand, you, you, you live according to, you sow the spirit, into the spirit, you reap eternal life. This is what he describes, don't miss this. Sowing and reaping is not, this is not, again, a non sequitur, he's not just jumping off where he's been. Sowing and reaping is directly connected to fruit that he's talked about in chapter five, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the spirit is what? Can anybody help me? Is love, joy, let's go, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, all of those are fruit of the Spirit. Don't miss this. Not your work. Now, we apply that into life and work, you could say. This is the work of the Spirit. This is not where I'm going to work and these things are going to come out in my life. It's the Spirit at work in you. Which is why, as believers, we have this different motivation. God's doing a new thing in us. And it's why we should be more patient, more loving, more kind than others. And look at this. Patience and self-control are critical when it comes to sowing and reaping. Because reaping has a future orientation. You sow and you wait. And trust the Lord that it's going to happen, that it's going to come. So there's two fields where you can plant. There's only two fields. One is the flesh, one is the spirit. Job 4, 8 says this, As I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. You sow iniquity, you sow into sin, you practice habitual sin. You're going to pay the price for it. And this is a word for some of us today. We may have secret sin, habitual sin, we're hiding out. You're going to reap what you're sowing. And it's going to come in different ways. You might say, well, had not been found out yet. I don't think I'm going to be found out. No, you've, you're already paying the price. And it's going to reap what you're sowing. Proverbs 22, 8 says this, whoever sows injustice will reap calamity and the rod of his fury will fail. If you sow injustice, if you, sow, if you oppress others in relationships, in your workplace, or even as we're involved in the city, if our work doesn't raise people up, judgment comes back but if you're generous you'll be blessed is how this works right we all understand this and we want life to be fair there's something satisfying about this first point you get what you deserve until the justice that we deserve comes back to us and it's not always fair life is not always fair there's a great uh, comic strip uh, a Calvin and Hobbes strip that which is Genius, by the way, Calvin and Hobbes, um, where Calvin complains to his dad, it's not fair that grown ups get to stay up late and kids have to go to bed early. And he just screams out, It's not fair, like all parents have heard. And then his dad just calms calmly, like he does. He's sitting there and he says this He says, Life's not fair, Calvin. And then, he, then Calvin says, I know, but why isn't it ever unfair in my favor? We all think life should be fair, that's satisfying, until it doesn't work for us. Then we don't want justice, we want mercy, don't we? We don't want what we actually deserve. So subpoint under number two, let's flesh this out a little bit more, I mean under the first point. We get what we deserve, but we get as much as we deserve. You get as much as you deserve. The amount, the proportion that you give matters. It's, it's why the harder you work, the more you work out, the more you benefit. Like I went and worked out for five minutes. I went after a little bit, but I'm not seeing any results here. Or uh, I need a lot more rest. I slept two hours last night. I'm tired. You need like eight hours. See, the amount that you put in matters. No farmer worth his salt is going to go out and toss out like a handful of seed onto acres and come out. The next day, and says, where's my bumper crop? Or at harvest time. Because he knows the amount of seed he plants matters. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9. The point is this. He's been talking about those who give, actually, financially give to those in need. And he says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully and we don't have time but he goes on further to to say material giving actually results in spiritual blessing this is not prosperity gospel name it claim it stuff what he's saying is is this uh, again overflowing generosity because of the generosity of christ what he's done for me i can now give my money to ministry through the church through ministry and 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 i'm going to argue that the best place to place plant Your money is right here at our church. Because as a part of this church, watch this, only God can do this. Only God can take material blessing, Lord bless this, and then turn it into ministry and lives that are transformed and changed for eternity. Only God can do that. I mean, you can invest in a lot of things. I'm gonna argue, you'd expect your pastor to say this. I'm gonna say that you give as out of your heart that's been transformed and God then does a work in others' lives but he also blesses the giver as well. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We give because of what he's done for us. We don't give, I'm um, giving legalistically out of obligation. Maybe I'll get something back. I don't know. Tax break would be good. I guess I'll give. No, guys, no, no, no. I, I, I don't want that. I want you to respond by what I've done in your heart and your life. And so, see, the farmer goes out. He plants seed, but watch what happens. He's going to trust that the soil, watch this, forces outside of him, natural, I would call supernatural forces are going to come into play. Rain has to come. He can't bring the rain. Uh, The sun's got to come. He can't bring the sun. He's trusting that it's going to happen. And if he says, I don't trust that it's going to happen. It's like in our spiritual life. I don't trust you. I'm not going to sow. Guaranteed nothing will grow up. You will not reap. Like, you know, a lot of people just don't show up. Whether it be worship, ministry, service opportunities. You're not going to receive the blessing. You've sown nothing and and we sow into our ministries even here financially stacy and i have learned through our marriage throughout our marriage we give and it reminds us that god owns everything and it sets our hearts spiritually and we give with joy because of what christ has done for us see now now consider this if we think well you know the conditions when the conditions are right then i'll give I, I'm, I'm struggling right If I make more money, then I'll give. When my, yeah, when my investments start reaping some benefit, but I'll, I'm gonna watch and see. Faithless giving is what that is. Watch this. God's not watching the stock market because he wants to bless you in the amount that you give. And this is true, not just in, in giving financially, it is your whole life. A couple weeks ago, Um, we, we, we laid Bill, Bill Jett to rest and, uh, his, his, both of his children got up and said, my dad was the most generous man I've ever known to be said of you and me. I was uh, serving Wednesday night supper with with some of our servants and I was thanking others. I thanked one of our members, I said, thank you for serving and, and just stopped and said, pastor, it is my joy to serve others. Can you say that's true of you? Are you serving others? Are you, are you like Jesus? Are you serving? And you say, well, I, I don't know if I have time. No, you have, you have time. You're sowing into other things. You, you can serve. See, this is why the, the amount matters. But let's be honest. Here's the twist. It doesn't always work out that way. Your hard work doesn't always guarantee success. I mean, if you're tracking with me, you're like, okay, pastor, I'm I'm with you, but life is not fair. I'm with Calvin. It's not always fair. How many of us have invested all kinds of time and energy into our children, and they've had the audacity to go and do what we never have taught them to do? Life's not fair sometimes. So what is this truth for us here? Maybe this happens because of something that we need to learn today. Something's broken in the system. Something's not right. And what's broken is us. Our world is broken. I am broken. What is wrong with the world? Me. And everyone who's turned from God. We go back to Genesis 3, where work becomes toil. You don't always get what you deserve. And so the second point I want you to see here is we we don't get what we deserve. We get what we deserve, but wait, wait, wait. No, we don't get what we deserve. And this is the mercy of God. That's what this is. We don't get what we deserve. See, one of the most beautiful passages in all of scripture, you don't have to go there, but in Hosea 10 and 11, God is saying he's going to bring judgment upon his people. And he uses this language. You're not sowing righteousness. You're not you're not sowing uh, into what I've called you to do. Instead, you're sowing evil, and judgment is coming. And he says, "Sow for yourselves righteousness; reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that He may come and rain righteousness on you." Think about your own life. Listen to the Word of God. You have plowed iniquity. You've reaped injustice. You've eaten the fruit of lies. Because you have trusted in your own way, and and in this case, in military power, your own power. Therefore, the tumult of war shall rise up against you, my people. But then it says this. He says, my my heart recoils within me. He says, wait, I'm the father. You're my children. I will not again destroy you. For I am God. I am not a man. The Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. Look at this. God is holy, he's all-powerful, he's fair. Every decision he makes is right, and yet he is merciful. How does this happen? In James 2, 13, I mean, this, no, how about, let's look at Isaiah 30, verse 18. This is out of the Old Testament. It says this, therefore the Lord wants to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show his mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, Blessed are all those who wait for him. He's slow to a- in anger and he's merciful. His mercies are new every morning. And then in the New Testament, it says this, James two thirteen, For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now watch this. We get what we deserve, we call that justice. Wait, we don't get what we deserve, that's mercy. But here's what happened. And that word judgment, by the way, is the word "krisis." It's literally justice in the Greek. Mercy triumphs over justice. Watch what happens. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Watch this. Mercy triumphs over justice, but now something, someone disrupts the pattern. We don't get what we deserve. And and, and we, we we deserve hell and condemnation. We deserve to die and we've only planted sin. We've only planted and sown seeds of sin and unrighteousness. But then Jesus steps in. Look at this. Here's the final point. We get much more than we deserve. Christ has come to disrupt the pattern of sowing and reaping. We've only sown sin. And what comes up, if you come to Christ and receive His grace by faith, watch what comes up. You've sown seeds of iniquity. You've sown seeds of sin. That's all you bring before a holy God. And up comes grace. Only God can do this. Only God can intervene and and take a life like mine, like yours, and change it. Turn us around. Psalm 26 verse 5 says this. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy we we come with repentance and jesus says hey look at the birds go back to nature they don't sow so they cannot reap the father does everything for them they're not anxious because they know that god cares for them and all of this is because of jesus paul says in first corinthians 15 for i deliver to you the greatest most uh, the top priority first importance And it is that Christ has died according to scripture. He was buried and he was raised again on the third day. Listen, I told you earlier, if an apple tree is planted in the ground and a banana tree comes up, that is a freak of nature. That is a miracle. Christ dies. He sows his own body literally into the tomb. He's raised again again. And so that we could follow him in resurrection. He's the first fruits of resurrection. He's the first installment of what is to come. For everyone and only those who will receive him by faith, not works, and give their life to him. Then what happens to us, watch this. This is in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He goes on. There's a great chapter to read. 1 Corinthians 15. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable was is raised as is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, raised in power. Yesterday I called one of our, our staff members. Grandmother is passing away, may have passed away. They took all life support away. And may she she may have passed away already. And I was looking over this, I was getting ready for this sermon. I said, you, you've got to hear this, you gotta hear this. Tell your mom, tell your family. It is sown a natural body, it's raised up a spiritual body. He goes on, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus, it is written, the first man, Adam, representing us, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. Flesh, spirit, yes, Jesus in the flesh comes to us, but it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. So this, this, the natural, you're born into the world, given a soul. The first man was from, from the earth, a man of dust. The second is from heaven, Jesus. First man of dust, like everybody else who follows after him. Man of heaven is like everyone who follows after him. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Friends, if you've received Christ, the day is coming. When you may die and this body will give up. But by the intervention of the Spirit of God, only Jesus can do this. Only the Spirit of God can do this. You will be raised up in righteousness. You will be resurrected, resuscitated. Which is why, again, baptism is a big deal. Some of you are living into your Christian life out of weakness. Because you've never been baptized. Baptized. You say, well, Jeff, it's just a symbol. It's not just a symbol. Jackson showed us the courage that it takes to say, I'm going to proclaim to the world and to my friends that Christ has rescued me. And it's not simply, I'm going back to that day because I committed, I did it, I did it. No, 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 Jesus did it. We're going back to what Christ has done. I will not believe a lie. This says, I, I can now doubt my salvation. I don't know if I'm saved. I'm not living like a Christian. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Many of us do that because we don't have the day when we can say, not today, Satan. I made the pledge. I believe in what Christ has done for me. That's my identity. It's not bound in what I do. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 and 21, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, By a man, Jesus has also come, the resurrection of the dead. Dead bodies don't come back to life unless it's a miracle. And this miracle has happened. Jesus says in John 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Think about the natural seed. It falls off of a tree because it's dead. He's dead. I was going in to do a funeral of a boy. who was about six years old, and he died. They asked me to come speak to to his classmates. I had no idea what I'm going to say to these kids. I had some things planned, but I was walking into the school, and I saw a bunch of acorns from an oak tree or whatever it is, tree. And I I grabbed, in fact, I put a bunch of them in my pocket. I still have a bunch of them on shelves in my office because of this day. I walked in there and I told the kids, I said, you, you see this? Jesus said, unless, unless the seed dies and falls off the tree, it's not going to bear fruit. It's not going to come alive. There, there's, an old, uh, there's an old blues song. It's entitled, Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven, But Nobody Wants to Die. That's the principle of all of the Christian life. What do we do with this? as we close he tells us what to do look at verse 9 back to Galatians 6 let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up friends here's my challenge don't give up don't give up keep reaping keep sowing keep planting seeds keep sowing even when you don't see it coming because look at this He says, in due season, it's coming. No farmer walks out one day, throws out some seed, goes back the next morning and says, Where's my bumper crop? Where is it? We understand that God does the work. So then, as we have opportunity, is what he says. What do we do in the meantime? Let us do good to everyone. Everyone. And especially to those who are in the household of faith. Let's start here. So here's the application Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. Don't give up. Keep on doing good. For some of us, receive the seed of salvation that comes to you in Christ today. Others, get baptized. Don't wait another day. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that... We don't always get what we deserve. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your justice that we do get what we deserve. And it teaches us so much about how we should live. Your discipline is out of your love for us. Thank you for your mercy that we don't get what we deserve. And even more, thank you for your grace that gives us so much more than we deserve. Your grace changes everything. And we praise you for it. We live in response to it. In your name we pray. Amen.